Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Hour underway across the OutKick network. Crew is all here. Fantastic staff making the show happen for us. Um, and a great event in town tonight in Music City down on Broadway at the 1230 Club for the Hall of Fame Family Recovery Fund. They're putting on a charity dinner and a concert this evening that is going to be chock full of Pro Football Hall of Famers and those connected to the hall as well as some great artists on hand uh, performing Jesse James Decker, Tyler Rich, uh, Waylon Stone, and a few surprises along the way based on what we're hearing. Um, it's going to be a really fun event, and we're, we're excited to be partners uh, with tonight's efforts to raise money and awareness about the official nonprofit of the Pro Football Hall of Fame with Hall of Fame Health and with uh, the Recovery Fund. Fundrecovery.org for more information. One of the gentlemen uh, back on the show, this time in studio, is Pro Football Hall of Famer Steve Atwater. Great to have you on the show again. Hope things are well. Everything's going great. I'm glad to be here. Welcome to Music City. Not your first time, I'm guessing. Yeah, not my first time. I have a cousin live here, a couple of uh, really good friends that live here. Uh, everything I've heard about Nashville, uh, the feedback is great. Everybody loves it here. You and your wife have a great partnership with this, that uh, going back a ways and how you're connected uh, with Ryan Kane and his efforts and everything going on for the benefit tonight, but also with the efforts of the Pro Football Hall of Fame and trying to connect the dots here with, with both the fun and with Hall of Fame health. Yeah, um, my wife, uh, many years ago, she was in medical school, and uh, you know we got pregnant with our, our, our oldest son, and uh, she had to stop that, that dream, and you know it really took a lot out of her to stop that because that, you know, I think she still wants to be a doctor. <laughs> um, but she, uh, after a while, uh, transitioned over uh, to mental health and became a mental health counselor, got you know all the degrees, the masters, the whole nine yards, and has been working hard. And um, you know when you know the opportunity for her to team up with uh, Hall of Fame Health uh, came up, uh, you know it was really just a, really a match made in heaven. And it's something I know that she's passionate about. Um, and through her, because she knows so much about it. She analyzes me a little bit. She, you know, breaks it down to make sure I stay in the right frame of mind as well. Um, I become really passionate about it and and see how many lives that um, that this can this can impact uh, and just the industry over over the last uh, at least the last two to three years with COVID, but even before that, just seeing how many people uh, have mental health issues uh, and when I was playing ball, I didn't even really know that I that I had mental health issues. I think everybody, <laughs> to a certain degree, you know, different levels to everything. But I, I think we all have some issues that, uh, you know, it can certainly help to talk to someone about 
but many times, uh, especially with professional athletes, we have issues that, that go deep. Uh, and to have a resource, um, you know, a, a lot of guys uh, aren't able to pay the fees to take care of this, and they've, they've uh, you know, given so much to the game. A lot of guys have given so much to the game. They've inspired people from their colleges, from their high schools, and you know, even when they're growing up playing Little League football. And, uh, you know, for them to get to a point to where, you know, either they can't afford the treatment or they may not think they need treatment and they really do need treatment, um, to have this resource available is, is, is really special. And uh, I tell you, I'm, I'm really honored to be, you know, a part of it, trying to kind of spread the message. And um, my, my basic message is, hey, it's okay to be not okay, you know. We talked to Charles Haley a little while ago, and, uh, you know, he's very outspoken on these <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's not real big on what the league's doing with regard to this. I'm wondering your perspective on, on that. Yeah, well, I think the, uh, the league is doing, you know, uh, what, what it can. Um, I don't think anybody has it 100% figured out. You know, this is a fairly new space. I, I would say in the last, you know, five, six, seven years, it's, you know, mental health has really become prominent, but, you know, prior to then, I, I don't remember many people talking about it. I, um, I remember back when I played, especially, uh, you know, late 90s, you know, we used to, you know, try to, <laughs> I hate to say this, but we used to try to hit people in the head and, you know, put, just try to put my helmet on people's chin to, because I know once I get them a little dizzy, then, hey, I, it's easy for me to make the tackle. But it, that wasn't good for me, nor was it good for them. Um, so yeah, th uh, th things have changed and, and the awareness is, is there now. And, um, again, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that, uh, I'm a part of it. want to shift to a little bit of football safety for a good while was underserved position at the hall of fame, probably still one of the most underserved, um, Brian Dawkins, 2018, leaving out the veterans, Ed Reed, 2019, Troy Palomalu and Steve Atwater. 2020, uh, John Lynch, 2021, Leroy Butler, 2022. How pleasing has that uh, been? Uh, how much did the guys that came before you help? How much did you help the next guys? And are we going to see a run then? Well, I'll tell you what, it's music to my ears. Um, you know, uh, uh, before Brian Dawkins got, had gotten in, uh, you know, Kenny Easley he had gotten in, but there had been, you know, really very few safeties um, had been had been uh, voted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and it was disappointing because if you know we felt obviously feel like we were a big part of um, you know helping our teams win and you know leadership and the whole night, just like all the other positions did. You know the wide receivers, what they do on offense, and uh, you know what the the edge rushers do on on defense. The, the great cornerbacks. Uh, it takes a team to win in the NFL, and uh, for a while. I, I know I felt this way. I, I would imagine a lot of other safeties felt like um, the safety position didn't really get its just due. But uh, I tell you what, these last several years have, have really made me happy and uh, and proud of the, of the NFL Pro Football Hall of Fame because they're really putting in uh, you know quality guys. Not only at the not only at the safety position. I'm obviously happy because of the safeties, but 
a lot of the other positions that are uh, still being honored. I'm, I'm, I'm extremely uh, happy with that. Pro Football Hall of Famer Steve Atwater in studio with us. Steve, I don't say this from an insensitive point of view the way I use this phrase, but follow me here. You hear this about football players all the time. You got to be a little bit crazy to play safety that way. You got to be a little bit crazy to want to return punts and look up in the air to football with 11 guys barreling down on you. You got to be a little bit nuts to do that. You hear this about different sports and with pro athletes all across the gamut of, of sport you see it, but especially in football. Is there some truth? And I'm not saying that everyone that does this has mental <laughs> illness. But is there some truth to how different it is Absolutely. to play the sport and, and what that can fester with people? I mean, you do got to be a little bit of crazy, you know. I mean, to see a guy 220 pounds running at you full speed and you take off running at him full speed, you got to be a little bit off your rocket to do that. Um, and many people can't do it. And uh, many people – you know, get right to that point and then they, 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 they pull off or, you know, but the real ones, they, they're going to go all the way through and, uh, and, and see what happens. And, you know, uh, a lot of times there's a price to pay with, with you know, with the physical part of it. Um, but at the same time, you know, when you've kind of uh, grown up doing that, it's kind of sick, but it, you know it's enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, and, and and I'm curious, you know, is there introspection to that now? Not everyone's married to a mental health expert and professional like like your wife, but when you get removed from it, you know, you mentioned earlier. I mean, it sounds a little bad, but I'm trying to hit the guy in the head because I want to make yeah. him a little bit dizzy because that's part of the game, and I know it's going to help my team be successful when you do that. Do you think differently about that now when you get removed from it, or do you look back and say? This is who I was in that time, and this was my profession. No, I look at it and say that that's that's who I was at that at that time. Um, and obviously, uh, over time, I, I I think I've changed some. Now, I, would I like to see a uh, little bit more physicality from the the defensive backs position? Yes, but then with that comes the penalties now, right? Uh, you, you guys getting penal, uh, penalized unnecessarily, in my opinion, sometimes. Uh, you know, you got a 205-pound, 210-pound safety hitting a 250-pound tight end just because he hits him right when he catches the ball and separates him from the ball. It's a penalty because he's a defenseless receiver. I, I, don't, I don't understand that. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, the overall um, – the overall uh, purpose of it is good, I think. I think that the intentions are we want to make this game safer. We want this game to be around for, you know, centuries to come. And, you know, I'm, anything that's going to keep the game around, I'm a fan of. And it makes our game safer, so uh, I'm with it. Steve Atwater, our guest. Steve, you're an all-time great. Um, I'm curious of the, the all-time great's mindset in this. When you watch the game today, not from the defensive angle of the safeties playing today, but – maybe the running backs or the tight ends or the wide receivers who catch passes across the middle like it's flag football. Do you think, man, I, I would love to, for this dude to play in the 90s or the early 2000s. Like, I would love for this guy to have to play in the league I played in. Or, or do you think you could have taken advantage of them either way? Uh, well, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, different eras, you know, different people say, oh, man, I would have destroyed you back then if you would have played back in my era or, you know, and the guys now I'm sure they're saying, oh, you couldn't have covered me. I would have been so much faster than you. 
who knows? You know, just like you talk about Michael Brown, uh, Michael Michael Jordan, yeah. and LeBron James. You know, who knows who would have been the best? They, they, they we would have seen some great games though. But the rules are so different in the in the NFL compared to the NBA, right? Mm-hmm. Like for eras, I'm saying. Oh yeah, yeah, they they are. They they have changed quite a bit. Um, but again, I'm looking looking at it from a viewpoint of the game is safer and it'll be no around. Doubt. So yeah. you know, hey. It but is. It is. It is what it is. I've often thought, though, like Tyreek Hill catching across the, you know, the pattern. I'm thinking, man, there there was a day where the fastest guy wasn't necessarily the protected player. No, right? no, they didn't. No, back in the day, that that wasn't a concern. Uh, and yeah, and if you could, if you could, you know, time it probably. Yeah, you could probably get him. But yeah. <laughs> Tyreek Hill is quite fast. No so, doubt. You know how many guys you know would would have done that? He's a smart player too. Uh, and many of the I was with Isaac Bruce. Uh, Yesterday, uh, we we're up in New Jersey, and he was saying one of the things that he did well was making sure that he ran away from, you know, the angles that the safeties were taking. So he really didn't take a lot of big hits. And uh, you have you have some receivers in the NFL now that are that same way that they, they they've gotten the training, they've learned from from the best, and they know how to to avoid that. Uh, so. Um, all we can do is speculate on what it would have been like. Um, but it would have been fun to, to, to play in this era. Um, you know, I, I would have liked to seen have seen how me and a lot of our my other colleagues uh, could have competed right now. Has the AFC West top to bottom ever been better than the, what we're about to watch? <laughs> Man, a lot of people were, uh, are, are, are speculating that. I, I don't think so. I don't think so. With uh, the level of quarterback play, the level of receiver play, tight ends, Pass rush. Defenses, yeah. yeah, pass rush. Come on, Khalil Mack back in back in the conference. Uh, you know, we got Bradley Chubb and Randy Gregory uh on the Broncos. Um we, we we got we got playmakers all over the field. And um I think many games are it's gonna it's gonna be a toss-up, you know. Uh and the teams that are able to prepare the best and get ready are gonna gonna have a leg up. And I, I was so Happy to see Russell Wilson already out there working with our guys uh, in Denver with, uh, you know, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Okwe Bunam, and then uh, he had another day with Jerry Judy. So, um, you know, I, I, I think our guys are going to be ready. It's still going to be a ton of competition because until you beat Kansas City, I think they're still the team to beat in the AFC West. First-year coach, what do you think of, of what Nathaniel Hackett brings in? I'll I tell you what, from everything I've seen, I, I really like it. Um, and obviously, you know, he's got to go out and, and put in the work and, uh, you know, get the guys to go out and leave everything on the field for uh, for him. But um, just from seeing how he operates, uh, seeing how he communicates, he's extremely organized. Uh, he gets things done. Um, and, you know, number one thing, he's a great communicator and he's not afraid to uh, answer the question that the players, so many players have, why? You know, why are we doing this? You know, why are we doing this drill? You know, why are we, you know, why are we even at practice today? You know, he, he'll answer those questions and, and the answers that he gives uh, I think will make a lot of sense to the players. They'll resonate and uh, I, I think they're going to leave it on the field for him. We got a comment on YouTube that says, Atwater was an unbelievable physical presence as a safety 
and he had decent speed to cover as well. What do you think about that scouting report? Decent speed. Decent. Yeah, that's all good. You good with decent? You good with, <laughs> hey, you good with decent, decent yeah, as a description? Hey. No, I wanted to make sure. Hey, you can say what you want to say. How about yeah. wearing a Hall of Fame? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah de- decent speed. I, I, I enjoyed yeah, that. We'll take that. It's all right. You know, things change from generation to generation. We're not as tough as our grandparents were, right? Uh, I watched the game. We talked about the differences in the game. But I feel like everyone from your generation and older, you, you had to be tough. Like, there were guys who were better athletes, but you always had to be tough. I think the athleticism is better today. Mm-hmm. I think because, you know, we know more about the body's capabilities that it's gotten better in every sport. These guys are better athletes than even when you played. Um, but do you have to be tough to play in the NFL today? Do you think everyone in the NFL today is tough? That's a loaded question, man. I mean, and that's – well, could you be just such a great athlete and not be physically, mentally tough? and get a paycheck to play professional football today yes, can, versus the yes. 80s and 90s. Yes, I think guys – there are some guys who may not be the toughest that are in the NFL that are getting getting paid. But I would say a majority of the guys are, are tough guys who put in the work, uh, who, who put in – who sacrifice, um, you know, who make the, the, the sacrifices uh, for their team. Uh, but, yeah, there, there, are, there are some. Some have snuck through the cracks. We got, we, got some, we got some soft people up in there, but it's not, not a lot. Were you in college during the, uh, the 85 Bears Super Bowl? Yes. Okay. I'm trying to – I don't know how old you are, so I'm just asking. Uh, yeah. At Arkansas. Uh, did you dream – I know you're born in Chicago. I'm born in Chicago, but I did grew up Did you dream of playing for I grew that? I St. Louis. Okay. Yeah. So no, I moved, I moved no aspirations for, of being a part of the 85 Bears? Not at all. That surprises me a bit. Did you no, have a team? I was a Steelers fan coming up. Okay, yeah, yeah. And rookie year '89. Yeah, I, I was a Steelers fan coming up, and then when I got drafted by Denver, of course. Hey, I, I, ble- hey, I bleed orange and blue now. By the way, Arkansas football's got some stuff oh, going. Oh yeah, we got some stuff going Pittman on. Pittman is perfect for that program. He is. He he he's turned that program around. He's got the guys believing. He's got he's re- done a great job of recruiting uh, great athletes and. Um, you know, one of the biggest things that coaches have to do is, is they, they got to show the players that you care about the player not only as a, as a football player, but, you know, I care about you as a human being, you know, and, you know, I really truly care about what's going on in your life. You know, you can't just say, hey, come to practice and work hard and, you know, that's not enough, you know. Uh, and I think that starts from, from Little League ball. You know, you, you coach a Little League team, and if you're just out there just interested in wins and losses – your guys, they're not going to play hard for you. But you show them that you love them and, you know, that you care about them as players, they will run through any – they'll run through a brick wall for you. Chad, you taking notes? You're coaching softball this year. I, I tell the five- and six-year-old girls that every game. You know, you've got to, you've got to, they got to know that you're behind them at, yeah. every time. And then, and, he t- then he tells them the score at the end of the game, maybe they don't keep score. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't keep score. But, Steve, you'd love this. I, 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 get, I circled them up and I said, okay, now it's about learning the game and playing hard and having fun. But – what do you think the final score was today? Do you think you won the game? And I get a show of hands, and every time they all raise their hand that they won, and That's guess it. what? We're undefeated. So they're right every time. Okay, all right. Hey, <laughs> they never lose. There we go. Steve Atwater, uh, man, it, we never lose having him on the show. And uh, great event tonight for the Recovery Fund and with uh, Hall of Fame Health. You can go to funrecovery.org for more information on how you can get involved 
uh, with the nonprofit, with the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You could also uh, learn how it could potentially help you in support with treatment or therapy, with connections to the league. But you don't have to have the direct connection, like Steve's pl- a former player. Uh, there are other ways and avenues to get help and uh, avenues that you can find recovery options uh, for anyone that may be in need of that. Again, fundrecovery.org for more information. Great to have you in Nashville, man. Oh, thank you, it's been man. A real pleasure. It's, it's been a pleasure. And uh, you guys going to be there tonight? We will be. All right. Yes. All right. We're going to we'll have a great time. We'll be on site. Um, I, I asked uh, Charles if he's going to wear the Hall of Fame jacket. I, he said he, he doesn't. He doesn't? Uh, okay. I would wear that thing every, like tonight, sure. I would absolutely break that out. Right. I don't know if you didn't travel with it, right did now? you? Yeah, we'll see, we'll see. Oh, okay. We'll so see. You I mean, don't want to spill cocktail Sounds sauce like on it or anything, know. right? <laughs> That's well, the I mean, one problem with it. I don't know if we have it in the bag or not. We'll, we'll see. Right. It's in right. the bag, we'll have it. No spoilers, yeah. <laughs> I, I would absolutely wear the jacket at any any chance uh, opportunity. By the way, on the way out, were some of your, do you consider your best, some of your best games the Super Bowl performances? Uh, in the two games? Well, the one, yeah, uh, in Super Bowl 32. But 33, uh, no. not so much. It was, it was an all right game, but um, – You made some critical hits in those games, though, both of them. Yeah, 32, yeah. 32 was definitely um, you know, one of my better games in, 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 in big moments. Um, you got to be proud of that, though, in the biggest games of your career. Which one was that like against? That. that was against the Green Bay Packers. Packers. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I, I do feel good about that, but, you know uh, – the great thing about uh, football and uh, you know, most team sports is you, you don't do it by yourself, you know. Yeah. And, you know, uh, the, the, the single athlete sports, um, I don't know how they do it, um, you know, because you, you, you got to get up every day and you, you got to, you know, get that motivation to play every day, that drive, that energy. With a team sport, you know, some days you may not have it, but your teammate – he has it, and you know he knows just the right thing to say, or your coach knows the right thing to say to get you hyped up and ready to go, and uh, you lay it on the line. And uh, you know that, that's what we had, um, especially those two years in Denver. All, all my years I played, though I've, I've always had those type of relationships. But those two years that we won the Super Bowl, those were special years, special guys. Uh, you know we had a ton of love and respect for each other, and you know if a guy wasn't feeling down. They weren't gonna last for long because when you got to practice, you you're gonna be ready to go. So uh, that's one of the things that I enjoyed about uh, that as well. But this team sports is, you know, you don't have to do it by yourself. You know, your, your teammates are gonna be there to, to to help help get you over the hump, help you be the best that you can be. Well, you're very humble in what you in the way you answer that. Uh, you have a bust in the Hall of Fame for a reason. Let's put it that way. So that, I got, that speaks I got great for teammates. itself. That speaks for itself too. <laughs> uh, Steve Atwater has been our guest. Great to see you, man. Oh, thank you. Appreciate you. Thanks. More coming on Outkick 360. We've got Ryan Kane in studio with us next across the Outkick Network. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Glad you're with us. It's been a great day uh, here for Outkick 360 with uh, some Fantastic guests with a, a great cause 
with the uh, uh, Hall of Fame Health, fundrecovery.org uh, for more information, not just on the event tonight, but how you can learn more about the inaugural Hall of Fame Health Charity Dinner and Concert here in Nashville and everything that they're doing, partnering with the Pro Football Hall of Fame to help those uh, fighting battles, mental, physical, whatever it might be, fundrecovery.org for more info. Ryan Kane, well, let's just say he runs things with all this, uh, <laughs> and he, he makes it happen. Great to have you in studio again, and uh, thanks for setting up what's been a fun day for us and what's going to be a great night tonight. Well, thanks for having us on, and I think the coolest thing is seeing the guys that have come in to support this. Um, guys like Jim Porter, uh, Steve Atwater, Charles Haley, Dr. Adams, uh, Steve Hutchinson. These guys are very, very busy people, and we're not getting compensated for this. This is mission-driven, which I think is, it says a lot about what we're doing. How do you, how do you get this going? <laughs> I, met, uh, I met you at an event last year, and it, it was not tied to this, but you were working on something to get down this path of working with athletes like you are today. Yeah, I think, so this nonprofit's been around for 11 years and it served Middle Tennessee. I was on the board for the last six years. Okay. And it was constantly out of money. And we were always on a waiting list for people that needed help. And for me, it was incredibly frustrating to see people that were, that had the courage to say, I need help. And we were out of money. Not be able to help them. Right. And so, you know, we would get a donation in and then we would immediately spend it giving people treatment and then we'd be back on a wait. And we started uh, talking to the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 2020, and they were looking to address health in general. So, you know, orthopedic injuries, concussions, things like that. What happened when they started that initiative is the first few people that called needed mental health services, and they didn't really know where to go. So I went up to Canton and just kind of listened to what was happening and said, hey guys, there's another way we can do this through this nonprofit we took it from a Nashville based and made it national. We partnered with the Pro Football Hall of Fame and now can take it to all these cities. And, and you know, frankly, it, it's not limited to NFL cities, but that's kind of where we're focused on. So um, it plays well in those it, cities. It really yeah, I does mean, for events like tonight. It does, and you know, um, Nashville event is our first kind of marquee event. We have one uh, in Detroit next month, and we've got Calvin Johnson, Barry Sanders, Charles Woodson. You know, so. It, what's really cool about it and what hasn't been mentioned is this is for the communities, not just for football players and their families. So um, you, you can be a fan. You can know nothing about the game. If you're listening and you need help, you can tap into this scholarship fund. It is not specifically only for players. Fundrecovery.org uh, is the website. I, I told you uh, a year ago, I'll tell you again, if you're looking for a traveling show that will go to these markets with you, you know, Detroit, um, you got we'll, it. we'll go and talk with Barry Sanders about all the initiatives that are going on. <laughs> Calvin Johnson as well. Bring us to Detroit. Let's go. Well, we also got Phoenix, L.A., right. Dallas, in. Denver. <laughs> yeah, come on. We love all these places. Yeah. Yeah, we're, it's we're glad, all great we're, spots. I'm also glad you, you brought uh, the crew to Nashville, back to Nashville to do this. Um, and uh, it's going to be quite the event. Because it's not just uh, the Hall of Famers. You've got musicians lined up to play and and you'll raise some money with some of the guys that'll get up on stage tonight. Oh yeah, we will. And, and what's really cool about it is, you know, these, uh, these performers have, are, they're well-connected people. Yes. Okay. And some of the people that are coming out tonight, um, people that have already donated, um, you know, Jimmy John's, for example, Jimmy John himself donated, not the company. You know, this is something that people are really getting behind 
um, because it, the, the money is spent giving people scholarships. The, the organization is 100% volunteer driven. No one gets a dollar in compensation through this nonprofit, which is, is pretty spectacular. Ole Miss. Howdy toddy. Um, Kiffin guy or no? I got to say I am. I wasn't uh, until he became an Ole Miss coach. And I just, <laughs> his antics are just so funny. Yeah. It makes you Ole Miss. You love him re- if you, he's your guy. It makes you relevant. No one cares about Ole Miss. I mean, come on. Yeah. Growing up in Nashville, it was a Tennessee, you know, Vandy love hate thing. And, uh, and Ole Miss was always just somehow thought they were relevant, but they really weren't. And uh, Lane coming there has made it entertaining, to say the least. Well, I mean, uh, for the record, I'm a huge Kiffin guy. I don't know about Paul and Chad. I know they're not to the point I am. But, uh, I mean, if he's if he's having problems with NIL at Ole Miss, you know there's problems in college <laughs> Well, it's funny because there's a headline now where he's spoken again today and he uh, said something about, <laughs> you know, NIL is directly responsible for the number one recruiting class of all time this year. Taking another shot at Jimbo Fisher. And he said, and I think that's great. Because it goes after the traditional powers. And I see A&M writer says, you know, for the record, uh, Kiffin has been a coach at Tennessee, USC, and Alabama. So it's <laughs> yeah. not like he's been at the worst programs in America, uh, which is really funny. But you're right. He understands that at Ole Miss, this stuff is needed at times to stay in the national spotlight. Absolutely. And I think, you know, he uh, he just kind of has fun with it. You know, the, the golf ball thing at, at Tennessee and <laughs> – I guess last week he was throwing out the opening pitch and yeah. rolled out the golf. You know, he just he he knows what he's doing. He plays to that social media game. Um, I don't I, I don't know how much we want to, you want to get into the background of this, um, but your bra- your background led you to starting a sober sports bar, or at least that was like the 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 idea behind your past and what you wanted to set up for those like yourself that were trying to go through and get back clean, right? Yes. Yes. Um, is that in essence what you're what you're trying to do partnering with the hall is to give these guys an opportunity to tell their story but also do it side by side with someone from the community like yourself or or anyone that could be in your seat discussing their issues yeah i think um you know this is a peer-driven thing right um charles being as vulnerable as he is yeah, that's and, a great example right like He's, he may be helping someone in Nashville that's hearing this, you know, um, but I can tell you who really listens are other football players. And so, you know, me talking about vulnerability and stigma and, you know, being able to say, hey, I have a drug problem or an alcohol problem or a mental health problem, it doesn't resonate with football players. Um, but America watches football. It's a big deal. And if people like Charles can say, I need help, I have to take medication, it makes it okay for you know an adolescent that's hearing this on the radio to say, you know, I, I have very similar feelings. And I think that all we want with the Pro Football Hall of Fame is um, a bigger microphone for this, this issue, right? I mean, last year was the first year the United States ever crossed 100,000 fatal overdose deaths last year. Uh, there was 1.4 million suicide attempts and resulting in 50,000 deaths by suicide. If you add up all these numbers, it actually, to, to turn it back to football, if you sold out every single NFL game in every single NFL stadium for the whole season, it's less than the, the people suffering from, from fatal overdoses and suicide wow. attempts. So that, that does put it in perspective. Yeah. How did the sober sports bar go? Is it, is it uh, 
still a thing? It's it, a very interesting it idea. It really morphed. Okay, so we started, uh, my partner Darren Hobbs and I started Nashville Recovery Center. And the concept behind it was uh, a place when you got sober to be able to still go do what you want to do as a guy. Like you want to go hang with your friends. You want to watch the NCAA tournament. You want to watch the Super Bowl. But you can have triggers at the at the fun places we used right. to go to. So we created this sober sports bar. We brought in a, a, a trailer and made it a coffee truck and put it flat screen TVs everywhere, pool tables, pop a shot. And what we quickly realized was that we had to make money to to run it. So uh, we started a, a counseling program um, and that morphed into full-blown treatment and it became a treatment center um, that's one of a kind. And there's there's been a few that have kind of been knockoffs in different parts of the country, but it's um, the organ we sold the organization uh, last year. And so, um, you know, they're still doing well. Did you, cool. did you approach the NFL with your idea or was it always Pro Football Hall of Fame with the partnership? You see, you see where I'm going with this? There, I, there's I a distinct line yeah. uh, difference there. Yeah, we, we um, I never approached anyone. That Paul, the Pro Football okay. Hall of Fame approached me. Um, I will say the NFL knows everything we're doing, and we're, we do monthly calls with the NFL, NFLPA, NFL alumni. They're not NFL against Trust, it. I don't want to give yeah. that perception. Yeah, it's just something where, um, you know, again, from my seat, um, as the executive director of fund recovery, I will help anyone yeah. that ever needs help. I've used the relationship with the pro football hall of fame to make it relevant. You go up to Canton often, or are you, are you up there to, you know, let everyone know what you're doing? If someone maybe it's, you know, not telling their story, but it, like Charles, who all of a sudden, you know, one day said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to open up about this. Uh, I go to Canton probably once a quarter. Yeah. Um, Last time I went there was uh, last month, and I presented our behavioral health program to the employees of the Pro Football Hall of Fame and to the Hall of Fame board of trustees. Um, again, just to let them know kind of what's available, what resources we have, and uh, it never fails when I do a presentation in front of a large group of people. Two or three people afterwards come and grab me and tell me either A, that they struggle with it, B, are currently struggling, or C, have a family member that needs help, and, and what do I do? What percentage of your your funds, either your operational funds or the the money that you can give out, will come out of these events like the ones you're, you're having here tonight? So half the money we raise tonight will go straight to the Hall of Fame Family Recovery Fund, and that's a fund designated for any former player or their family. So it doesn't matter if you played three years or three minutes. If you played pro football, you're eligible. Uh, the other half of the money will go to the general fund. So in this case, it will be for the Nashville community, anyone that needs help. So 100% of the funds will go. Great. Who are you looking forward to uh, either seeing the most or hearing the most tonight on stage? I've got to say Jesse. I've never seen her perform live, so I'm, I'm kind of excited to see that. She can hit the high notes. I know that. Um, she, was, she did... Um, Reed, was it God Bless America, or what was it at the, at the WrestleMania? America the Beautiful. America the Beautiful. And um, spectacular. Spectacular. I can't wait to, uh, for her to perform. She's uh, there with Tyler Rich. Uh, and uh, other, uh, some other few surprises. I don't know if we want to give this away or not, but you know, tomorrow I'll recap everything and I'll let everyone know what happened. 
So whenever uh, Bob with the Bob with Kid Rock gets on stage tonight, Chad, I'll let you, I'll send you a text and let you know. We'll, that he's we'll, up there. we'll the full report about all of it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to say anything right now. Or when Timberlake shows up at his place, right. twelve thirty right. club. Timberlake and Jay Z tonight yeah. will be together <laughs> on stage. But, but you didn't hear that from us. This will be the uh, second time that you've missed out on a private Justin Timberlake concert. <laughs> Chad. That's right. Yes, both connected to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> well, I'm sure when he has his next big show, I won't be so, there either. Brian. Uh, with Paul being a selector, he was given two tickets, uh, he, he, him and a, and a plus one, to Jerry Jones's private Hall of Fame party after his induction in Canton. And all three of us were there. And luckily, I was selected, not Chad. <laughs> Chad went to, I went to Cleveland, and I went to Canton. And, went to an Indians game. Uh, yeah, he went to an Indians game. went to game. JT in the party. We I were went drinking uh, gold-wrapped cheeseburgers yes. on our way out. And Timberlake played Drinking a private party on a golf course. <laughs> we were with from Jerry here Jones. to you know that sign outside. We were about that far. And Paul, from JT playing. Paul, I don't maybe, like JT. Maybe he maybe recognized two songs. And That's I, okay. And, and the, the whole set list. I'm like, how do you not know this song? He's like, I have no idea. I've never heard <laughs> this before in my, my life. Cup of tea. Well, uh, that you're going to hear some artists tonight. They'll be really cool, and it's all for a great cause. Fundrecovery.org is the website. Uh, look, they their treatment facilities top of the line. And uh, it, this helps get people on the path to those facilities. Uh, fundrecovery.org for more information on the Hall of Fame Family Recovery Fund and the Hall of Fame Health. Brian Kane has been our guest, and uh, he's helped facilitate the guest today. Uh, he and his staff, great staff, uh, Lauren Rentschler and others. Thank you, Ryan. Appreciate Thanks. you, man. Thanks, Thanks for having me, guys. Big hit tonight. Yeah. Uh, Good luck with everything. Congrats. I'm worried about being underdressed. Should I be? Not so, at all. It's... Uh, I was told it was called Nashville Chic. Does anybody yeah, know nobody what that knows means? what that means. No one. That's why I'm worried about being underdressed. That exact reason. When you get like when I hear uh, cocktail attire, I'm thinking a cocktail hour can mean a lot of different things. In a lot right? of different places. In Los Angeles, it means one thing, right? Like Lisa Vanderpump showing up. In Nashville, like I could go like this and feel like I'm in cocktail attire, but yeah. I'm not wearing this tonight. Don't worry, Chad. Uh, you're going to be fine. I saw the bag over there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, comes prepared at the Those dry are cleaning. Options. Yeah. Options. Uh, Jacob Swanson, if he wants to go, uh, would certainly. Now he would certainly. Nashville be Chic is certainly. Stand up, <laughs> yeah. Jacob. This is Nashville Chic. This is Nashville chic right here, Ryan. This is uh, no the sweater is what makes it chic. Yes, uh, <laughs> it says in the back of his shirt. It's it says legalized legalized drugs and something else. Murder. Murder. Yes. Yes. Uh, there, I, I didn't know we were going to go there. But there, okay. is, uh, there we go. There's right. Jacob Swanson. For I don't know you, if we wanted that out. Jacob. I think we've discussed it. Before. We have. Didn't yes. know if we wanted his legal thoughts out for the public record. Ryan Kane okay. uh, has been our guest, uh, friend of the show, uh, now and moving forward. Anything you need, please let us know. Love Thank partying you with you. Thank you. Appreciate you. Coming up, headlines of the day, including Tiger Woods is playing. He says he's ready to go. We'll let you hear from Tiger himself. That's next Now Kick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Practice rounds ahead of Thursday's first round at Augusta National for the Masters. Outkick 360 rolls on. 
the big storyline is Tiger Woods. Is he going to play? Well, as of Sunday, it was the quote-unquote game-time decision. He wasn't sure physically how his body was going to hold up with all the practice rounds he was playing or the, the front nine, back nine, first nine, whatever it might be that he's playing at Augusta. Well, today he had media availability, and it was around 10 o'clock this morning where he was asked if he's playing. Well, as of right now, I feel like I am going to play. As of right now. Um, I'm going to play nine more holes tomorrow. My recovery has been good. I've been very excited about how I've recovered each and every day, and that, that's been the, the, the challenge. That's why I came up here and, and tested out for 27 holes because we played the par three course. Charlie couldn't help himself. Um, so was able to play uh, 27 holes that day um, and at home testing it. But it's the recovery. You know, how, how am I going to get all the, the swelling out and recover for the next day? And uh, my team has been fantastic and worked very hard. Um, so we've got another day of nine more holes and uh, then come game time. As Tiger Woods asked, uh, answering the question if he's going to play, and he says, as of right now. And there was an obvious follow-up to that. The, the mentality of the great players deciding to come back, not just to play, but to compete and to compete for another green jacket. Here's the question and answer about the motives behind deciding to play this week. You've said countless times throughout your career that you don't enter a golf tournament unless you think that you can win it. So the question is simple. Do you think you can win the Masters this week? I do. And what have you seen in your preparation that leads you to believe that? Well, I can I can hit it just fine. And I, I, I don't have any qualms about what I can do physically from a golf standpoint. It's now walking is a hard part. You know, this is normally not a easy walk to begin with. Um, uh, now, given the, the conditions that, you know, my leg is in, it gets a little bit more, more difficult. And, you know, that's, uh, you know, 72 holes is, uh, is a long road. And uh, it's going to be a, a tough challenge and a challenge that I'm, I'm up for. Can't, can't wait for that. I love the response. I do. Do you feel like you could win? I do. And, uh, yeah, it's – look, this is going to be – it's already exciting for every Masters, but you add the Tiger coming back 14 months after his leg was almost amputated in a car accident to the, to the mix of it, and it makes it that much better. Anticipation off the charts. I think it's a great time for the sports books and for Vegas because the money's pouring in on people betting him to win. I personally – I mean, I haven't seen him play, but the walk that the walking is a concern. You can you can tell I, if I you're watching him walk uphill, especially. He's got a little you bit of a limp, and I, to me, that's not the guy I, I would bet on. He's got a hitch to it. Well, so I, I think I, it's so I much said, wishful betting. I, I said at one point, I, think I just quoted a bad tweet or something about it, not being overly hilly. Everything I've read now is that it is very undulated as you walk around Augusta, which I've walked around Augusta. I don't remember it being that many hills, but. I, yeah, it's pretty On hilly. tour, it is known as a, a hilly course. Yes. So when he's saying, I don't know about the walking part, everything else I can do physically from a golf standpoint, that's a little bit concerning. My expectation level is make the cut. Same that's here. my personal expectation. I love that he's going into it saying, I, I believe I can win. Would expect nothing less. I'd like to see him make the cut. I think uh, everybody. I mean, I don't know if there are many Tiger haters left. Not anymore. Once you get older and and beaten up and you overcome, you flip everybody to your to your side. Even if you were maybe 
contemptible to some as a younger person. Well, but you, you also had a little span where he was not at peak Tiger, and you realize the greatness Humanity. level of the sport took a dip. I mean, you, you've got you, you have some other stars, but you don't have Tiger, no, and he becomes and that, more human. Too. That's that's why it's so impactful. After the fall, you uh, and it's more also human. Augusta. I mean, it's it's Tiger Woods at Augusta, twenty five years uh, on the anniversary from his first green jacket, and now at forty seven years old, maybe a little bit younger than that, he's got a chance to to make history again. And his last performance there, we saw what happened, um, was in November of twenty twenty. But just prior to that, he he won won it. the green jacket in twenty nineteen. So hey. Um, Congratulations and uh, well-deserved to John McClain. He's normally on today. Um, we, we've moved him to tomorrow because today, right at the normal time he joins us on Tuesdays, he was called to City Hall. And the mayor of Houston, along with other uh, city executives, proclaimed today John McClain Day for the city of Houston. That's crazy. That's great. And yeah. um, uh, speaking of 47, 47 years with the Houston Chronicle and 50 years in the business covering the game of football. Um, congratulations to John McClain, who retired last week from the Chronicle, not from you know his daily routine of following the NFL, but from the Chronicle after 47 years. Uh, can't wait to see some photos of that. And we'll, maybe that's his new introduction on the show, is the headshot of John McClain, John McClain Day. So terrific. We'd all be so lucky to have our own day in any municipality out there. And John's career is worthy of his own day. So congrats to the general, the man in black, John McClain. He is a Pro Football Hall of Famer. He's also a selector. We had a Pro Football Hall of Fame day. Uh, thanks to all the guests who came through 6th and Peabody to make it happen. We're back at it tomorrow. McClain's on the show, primary complaint, and much more. We hope you'll join us for Outkick 360. Don't block the box. Do please lock your lock.